the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is November 7th, 2017. This week, Rans, Ribs, Data Dockers, and Fake Faces. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Actually, Sir Gons, Knight of the Samurai Babies to you. Yes, and this is Sir Basil, Knight of the Wormicorns. Uh, what's up to all the No Agenda listeners who may have come over? Um, uh, anything else besides that? Uh, no. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Oh, my gosh. There's been a lot of stuff happening this week, Guns. Um, But first of all, how's the samurai baby over there? It's good. I appreciated the fact that you made it plural in the name, Knights of the Samurai Babies, which uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, you know, you can't just have one samurai baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You need multiple to uh, defend your, your, what is? Dojo. Not king. Dojo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a your dojo. The Shimura Dojo over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, if nobody knows what we're talking about, there's a, uh, a great podcast called No Agenda. I know there's some listeners uh, we have who listen over there. They do a great job of doing some media deconstruction and things like that. Yeah, the pioneers um, kind of in podcasting in that yeah. genre. Yep, yep. And um, so we tip our hats to them. And uh, move on, I suppose. Yeah, and right? this, uh, this feed is uh, on both the CanaryCryRadio.com and CanaryCryNewsTalk. So just so, you know, sometimes people don't realize that there's two feeds. So this is just a healthy reminder to the, the Canary Cry Radio feed folks that News Talk is there and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, we just like to, this is just a little poke. It's like a Facebook poke. Just like, hey, News Talk is still here. Um, and if you like this episode, uh, go ahead and search Canary Cry News Talk on your podcast uh, player of choice, and you can uh, subscribe to this feed. Awesome. Well, all right. Let's uh, moving on. Let's just mention, you know, just so we uh, acknowledge some of the crazy stuff going on. Uh, the Texas shooting obviously is not something that uh, we're going to necessarily talk about, but you know, just just so that we. <laughs> announce that we're aware of these things you know it's not we're it's not that we're ignoring these stories uh we just try to provide different stories that cover you know things that may be happening that you don't think is important but is important in the long run yeah or stuff that you may not hear because everything gets buried um, yeah, exactly. underneath these bigger stories uh so our 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 thoughts and prayers and all the other good stuff um go out to the our texas people um, I know we actually have a lot of Texas listeners, so yeah. Um, anyways, moving on here. Uh, uh, I, you know, if you've been listening to Canary Cry Radio for a long time, uh, you may remember just the the fantastic uh, crash and burn of an interview I actually did with Rand Paul uh, back in 2015. Uh, this was before. I think he even announced uh, running for president or attempting to run for president. Right. And uh, Rand's been having some issues. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you guys heard this story. This one kind of touched the mainstream, so it was, it was pretty well known. Uh, Freebeacon.com headlined, Rand Paul suffers rib fractures, lung contusion after attack 
And it says here, Senator Rand Paul suffered five fractured ribs and lung contusions after he was attacked at his Bowling Green home on Friday. The injuries came after Renee Boucher, a neighbor of Paul's, tackled Paul from behind, political reports. Paul's chief political strategist, Doug Stafford, released a statement on Sunday with Paul's condition. Quote, Senator Paul has five rib fractures, including three displaced fractures. Uh, this type of injury is caused by high velo velocity, severe force. It is not clear exactly how soon he will return to work as the pain is considerable, as it uh, as is the difficulty in getting around, including flying. Yeah, so, man. Uh, yeah. Rand, Rand Paul's had a hard time, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, that's really, you know, um, whatever the motives were. Uh, have you heard about the motives of the neighbor here? Um, well, I think they said that it, it wasn't necessarily, uh, politically, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Rand just wasn't mowing his lawn or raking his leaves or something. I'm, <laughs> so you I'm think assuming it's a personal it's just, property, just a neighbor squabble, okay. a neighborhood squabble. Maybe he, you know, left his garage, garage, garbage cans out on the street or yeah, something. Yeah. I, I, okay. So this might be spin from, you know, the Alex Jones Infowars sort of angle, but uh, I think. I think it was Alex Jones that mentioned how the neighbor was a, a 60 year old, uh, successful, some kind of entrepreneur type that, um, you know, very liberal in his agenda and all this stuff on the leftist, you know, thing, blah, blah, blah. Who knows if that's true, but that's, that's what was, I think, stated on Infowars. So. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, just, sorry about that, Rand Paul. Um, yeah. But I don't think we have anything super, no, super just, in just depth. Prayers we for just kind of wanted and, to mention yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yep, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's hurts, man. Have you ever broken a rib, Guns? No. No, I, I had, think I have a displaced uh, sternum, though. It pops all the time. But oh, that's I don't think my weird. ribs. Yeah, I have I have stuff going on. I think it's from swimming. My shoulders are all messed up. I got I probably have some pretty severe rotator cuff issues. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but well, no, is, no broken ribs. Have you ever? Well, here's the thing. Have you ever just been like maybe not tackled, but just like grabbed from behind or anything? Yeah. Like yeah. That? Really hard. I mean, yeah. It's like it the most you out, unpleasant yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. You can't breathe. Um, and you think you're gonna? Sounds like yeah. sounds like he got hit pretty hard. So, um, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, if, if, you know, once he's healed and everything, I, I'm curious if there's any, I'm sure there's no footage of it, but it might've been something intriguing to watch if there was. Yeah. But, oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Some, some security camera footage of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the beast system, Gons, clothes made from a data storing fabric will remember passcodes for you. This is an article on QZ.com. Uh, fabrics that conduct electricity have been a fertile area of exploration for researchers. They've come up with textiles that can keep you warm with just the turn of a dial or that power your phone with your normal movements. A team from the University of Washington has now developed a fabric that can store data without any electronics or batteries. You can think of the fabric as a hard disk. You're actually doing this data storage on the clothes that you are wearing. Shyam Galakatoka, one of the researchers on the team, told UW News. They do it by magnetizing off-the-shelf conductive thread already uh, used in products such as stuffed animals or accessories that light up to create a textile with its own magnetic signature. 
The fabric can retain digital data in binary ones and zeros or visual information such as uh, letters and numbers. A wristband, belt, or even just a patch on a sleeve made from this fabric can therefore replace passcodes or key cards to open the doors. With electronic locks, just like normal fabric, it can be washed, dried, and ironed. Well, I think we found it, Gons. I think we've, I think we found uh, the replacement to to our uh, uh, RFID chip implanted in your eyeball. Yeah. So instead of implantation, they're going to go with the the clothing route. The clothing route. You just push your belt up against the. You know, I, I all joking aside, I think this is pretty interesting way to go about. Now, to be clear, these uh, fabrics are magnet that they use magnetization to store data in binary so it's kind of like an old school way of doing it yeah um it's similar to mm -hmm, it's similar to the magnetic strip on your oh on your uh sure your cassette tape yeah exactly or or the security stuff they put on clothes already yeah and it can store very simple data so it's not quite a replacement for your uh you know mark of the beast uh, hand chip there that holds <laughs> all of your personal information yeah there's not some heavy encryption going on no no not yet i don't even know if encryption would be possible on this but so you can I mean, be walking around and someone can like like look at you and hack you <laughs> yeah look at, with yeah, his when, with his microchip eyes yeah, with their robot eye. Yeah. I mean, the, the it's nice to see that at least somebody out there is trying to make an alternative to uh, sort of the biohacking that's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's the, a middle of the road type thing. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still moving in that direction. You know, yeah, it's kind of, you know... Uh, maybe creating a branch off to the side, like oh, we're not going straight to the implant. We're gonna we're gonna go clothing for a while, you know. Just get used yeah. to the idea of having uh, this kind of technology on us, you know. Unfortunately, I don't think this is gonna work. I mean, they, <laughs> you show they have some pictures of this uh, cloth, and again, I get it. It's a prototype. It's not necessarily meant to be stylish right now. But they have a guy who made it into a, a bracelet and a yeah. weird necklace. It just looks like a piece of cloth around your neck, a, a tie and a belt. And if you saw someone wearing any of these items, you would drop a few quarters in their coffee cup or something. Cause they, especially the look tie, the, the tie is really kind of the wristband <laughs> and the necklace is kind of like, okay, you know, you got yeah. your thing or whatever, but the tie you're the saying something there. Like <laughs> the tie looks like you're a child pretending to be a an office man by tying, tying like anybody, a yeah. It's, it's well, it's a it's a what is it? A gray strip, no uh, difference in width. It's it looks like yeah. It's, it looks like he just took the fraying belt. fringes. Now the article reads on. The material can also uh, interact with any common magno uh, magnetometer, such as those already built into many smartphones. The team found that a smartphone could read six gestures from a glove with magnetized material on the fingertips with 90.1% accuracy, but that doesn't sound too impressive when you can already use your finger to operate your phone with gestures. But a patch of the magnetic material on a glove or sleeve cuff doesn't need to touch the phone directly, letting you transmit gestures through a pocket. You could say, turn on music, or 
uh, turn it off without having to take your phone out. So not very impressive as, as far as utility right now, Yeah, but it's an easy and cheap potential application. Right. Uh, I mean, this, yeah, go ahead. This is a quote from Golakota. He says, we're using something that already exists on a smartphone and uses almost no power. So the cost of reading this type of data is negligible. Yeah. So there, there are companies that are doing things that are way more interactive. You know, you got Magic Leap, um, you know, some of the contact lenses stuff that we've talked about. So there's, mm -hmm. it just seems like another option, maybe, maybe this is more of a, what will become retro, you know, <laughs> yeah. what will become the retro, retro culture for some people. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's, uh, plus, I mean, it sounds it sounds fun, but it, in this world as it stands right now, some you know, if you had your phone password, uh, I don't know, put on your cuff or something, uh, anybody can access it. Yeah. They could just read your cuff with a mag with their own you, magnetometer. You, you on walk their into phone. a Starbucks or something, and the Wi-Fi can you know you jump on that Wi-Fi link and no, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. No, but uh, the other thing like is. And we've mentioned it before, Walton Chain, the cryptocurrency company out in China that already has the RFID in clothing. So yeah. you know, th that sort of thing will probably be in competition with something like this. But I don't know if this is going to become commercially big. You know, uh, maybe it has some uses, some use cases, and some. Well, other at the very, at the very least, it's uh, maybe a a, a a first run at a prototype of something that doesn't involve. In implanting, implanting something yeah. under the skin, which I think is one of the biggest, there's going to be a huge hurdle because, you know, of course there's uh, people who like to stay current up on technology and for sure, maybe they'll get some sort of implant, but not only do you have, you know, people like evangelicals who are going to be quite opposed to getting a, a chip implanted in so themselves. So intolerant. We're, we're just so but intolerant. Even even just, uh, you know, secular people who don't like needles. I mean, that's going to be... <laughs> or just foreign uh, objects under their skin. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it is weird. Uh, give, me, give me this crappy looking tie any day. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, um, you know, for the sake of the, the, I don't know, the community of people who are trying to prevent this stuff, this kind of thing would help. But, you know, data storage is an interesting topic in general because, you know, there are so many different ways it seems that we're figuring out how to store data in different things. And, you know, there's probably DNA. more, yeah, there's probably much more organic ways we can store data, which, which gets into some interesting yeah. places. Why would you need a da data storage, uh, DNA modification or <laughs> why would you need a data storage necktie if you could just put it right into your DNA? Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it will help avoid, uh, Doing facial recognition that that one we can't get we can't get away with. Ooh. Except speaking of the beast system, Gons, <laughs> you like that? You like yeah. that segue? I Pretty kind good. of fumbled it a little Pretty bit, but good. that's okay. That's all right. It it works. Um, this is a uh, futurism futurism dot com article uh, headline: These people never existed. They were made by an AI which is something we're going to say in that voice from now on because it's very <laughs> spooky. Uh, I'll just read the brief here and then I'll let you take it from there, Gons. Okay. Chip maker NVIDIA has developed an artificial intelligence that produces highly detailed images of human-looking faces. 
But the people depicted don't actually exist. The system is the latest example of how artificial intelligence is blurring the line between the real and the fabricated. Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. And <laughs> NVIDIA. Thank you. <laughs> NVIDIA, the company, uh, for anyone who looks at symbolism as, you know, having any kind of significance, some people over, you know, overstated or whatever, but uh, go check out the NVIDIA logo. And, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. Okay. So there's Basil on his In, uh, Googler. Yeah. NVIDIA. Dun, 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 dun. Images. Good radio here. Oh, yeah. That's good. Right. Nice eyeball. Yep. Scary eyeball. Single actually. eye and a spiral, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. All the things. All the things. So, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever significance there is there. But... And NVIDIA backwards is Adivin. Get it? Yeah, like uh, uh, AI divine. Oh, narrative. you got it! Yeah. Very good. AI divine or AI okay. divine network. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Better than doodles. Back in June, an image generator that can turn even the crudest doodle of a face into a more realistic-looking image made the rounds online. That system used a fairly new type of algorithm called a generative adverse adversarial network again for its AI created faces. And now chip maker NVIDIA has developed a system that employs again to create far more, uh, create far. What? I think that's supposed to be more realistic know, looking think, images th of people. Yeah. I think this article, I've noticed that on a couple of the articles that are on pretty popular websites, yeah. just to take a quick divergence. It seems like a lot of, even the more popular websites here are maybe taking advantage of some of the cheap labor overseas or something, getting their articles, e either they're being written uh, by third parties, you know, the, the, um, the article, <laughs> article mills right. over in uh, India or other Asian countries that just kind of pump out content and sell it. Or somebody over in the editing department just isn't doing their job because there's these weird, <laughs> weird little uh, typos or grant grammatical errors. Yeah, they're not quite typos. It's, it's not quite like a mistake. Because right. if you were typing... It, and if you're trying to say far more realistic, you wouldn't, you're not going to accidentally put far most realistic. That's, that's more of a linguistical error. Right. So, um, I think we have some English as a second language people writing most of the articles online, which I guess isn't that surprising. Well, it could also be that the AI itself is writing it and. Oh, figured it out. AI is trying to you AI know, change divine. the language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Artificial yep. neural networks are systems developed to mimic the activity of neurons in the human brain. In a GAN, two neural networks are essentially pitted against one another. One of the networks functions as a generative algorithm, while the other challenges the results of the first, playing an adversarial role. It's kind of interesting. It's sort of like the right brain, left brain Right. Well, it kind of goes back to this uh, concept where competition really creates the best product. You yeah. know, you see this in capitalism, you see this in, uh, that's why we have things like science fairs and, uh, you know, certain funds or organizations will hold uh, invention contests or something like that. I mean, really any contest, yeah. but uh, it, it competition creates the best uh, products in the world. And so what they're doing here is they're making two artificial intelligences that are connected. One creates 
uh, a version of a face at a, sort of a um, you know a, a low a low bandwidth a low resolution version of a human face and then the other artificial intelligence comes in and says wow that's a real piece of junk let me let me show you how it's done and then it does it creating a higher resolution and they kind of just go back and forth until they both decide that they've created a uh, convincing looking human face and they have a video on here and it's really trippy to watch you kind of get to watch the process and uh takes about 18 hours for these uh, for these artificial intelligences to stop arguing about what the best human face looks like. Uh, but the results are, are kind of weird. Like you look at the picture and you just assume that it is a person that you've seen before. <laughs> did, they, did they actually limit the time these algorithms went at each other? Or did they literally like both like, well, uh, you win. That's it. That's the human. Like, you know, you are the you know, best. That's a great question. Um, on the video here, they have a timer. Oh, I'm sorry. Not hours. I'm, they go for days. They go for like weeks on end to create these images. And they okay. might be doing a few at a time. Um, and the, the interesting thing is when you're looking at these images, and we'll get into uh, kind of what this might mean for the future here in a second. But when you're looking at these images, you can kind of tell, like you look at the picture and you're like, oh, that's a celebrity. Right. But it isn't. It's nobody. It's it's just a fake human face that was made up by some artificial intelligence. But it's the uh, uh, the information that they're working with is uh, what is it called? Shoot, shoot, shoot! I need to look it up. Um, it's basically a database of celebrity faces, right. <laughs> and so that's where it takes all its information. So every face it creates looks like it should be a celebrity, but you can't really pick out exactly who it right. is. Right, it's using different asp, like you know, a little eye angle here, nose here, you know, mouth, whatever, and then piecing together their own face, maybe. Right. Well, and it's interesting because it's even it's even more detailed than that. It's kind of like when you're mixing DNA. Uh, you oh, know, during at the pixel level, mm -hmm, right during childbirth. So, you know, a lot of times we say, uh, "Oh, you have your dad's eyes, or you have your mom's nose," and to some extent, that that happens occasionally. Uh, but really, what's happening during the uh, the inception of a human being, when DNA is kind of getting figured out between the parents, is it could you know be down to the molecule. Like you may have. Uh, one nostril of your mom, one nostril of your dad, the top of your nose is from your, you know, maybe grandpa, your side of your nose. You know, it's not necessarily just one block at a time, like you're building Lego well, faces. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's kind of what happens here um, when these uh, artificial intelligences are building these faces. You can kind of tell that it's uh, it's a lot more complicated than we like to think. Yeah, there's some interesting... Interesting faces there. And it's really creepy to think that they're not real people. Well, I don't know. You can still kind of tell that they're generated, but there are a, a few faces where you're kind of like, oh, that, that can be a normal, regular person. I think a lot of them look pretty convincing. I mean, I got to say, some of them are pretty good looking. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> These computers made some pretty good looking people. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about what this means. Uh, in this new world of facial recognition that uh, we got going on. I mean, we're we're coming into a period in human history here where you're not going to be able to walk down the street without your face being red and uh, 
and you know put into some database and your your location being verified. We've seen it in movies for decades. Um, but you know, soon we're going to just have it straight on the street. I believe the closed circuit law enforcement, uh, network in the UK is already using this to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple pieces from the article here, a number of AIs use deep learning techniques to produce human sounding speech. Google's deep mind has WaveNet, which can now copy human speech almost perfectly. Meanwhile, startup Lyrebird's algorithm is able to synthesize a human's voice using just a minute of audio. And we've talked about that, I think, before as well. Mm -hmm. And it continues, even more disturbing or fascinating, depending on your perspective on the AI debate, are AI robots that can supposedly understand and express human emotion. Examples of those include Hanson's Robotics' uh, Robotics's Sophia and SoftBank's Pepper. Sophia, the first robotic uh, citizen of Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, clearly, an age of smarter machines is upon us, and as the ability to AI to perform tasks is, is that another, is <laughs> yeah, another that's one of those another, things? Uh... Tasks previously only human beings could do improves. The line between humans and machine will continue to blur. Now, the only question is if it will eventually disappear altogether. Whoa. Ooh. Ominous ending to an article written not by an English speaker. <laughs> um well, I mean, I, I think that's the whole point. That's what we're trying to drive at here is uh, more and more each year, the the artificial intelligence industry and the robotics industry are, are getting closer and closer to creating things indistinguishable between humans and machines. Now, I think we've got quite a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, soon, you know, it's interesting because all these uh, people creating uh, artificial intelligences and robots, you know, they need to put some sort of face on it, whether it's a, a computer-generated face or a latex mask on a f- horrifying robot skeleton. Um, but they're all kind of based on people, you know, you hear these robotics guys basing it on, uh, you know, they'll mix their wife with like their celebrity crush or something and, and make that the face of their robot. Yeah. There was that, that guy a good in Japan, way to sleep on the couch. I think Yeah, there's the guy from Japan that made the, the robot look like Scarlett Johansson. Scar- and then yes. when they asked him about it, he's like, no, like, dude, just <laughs> I, give I don't it know up, what man. you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not a creep. I just thought of this face in my head. But I, I find that interesting that she's the one, too, because she is sort of the transhumanist poster child for all these mm-hmm. movies. You, know, you got Lucy and Lucy, Avengers. Go- and Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. 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 So, yep. let's see. All right. Well, I, I think we're coming to the end of the show here. Uh, you know, we don't do a super long show, but if you are looking for more Canary Cry News Talk, you can head over to our Patreon and you can support our Patreon there. Every week, right after the main episode, we uh, we post our extended report in which we uh, continue talking for so you can get double the Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, that, and, and that's exactly what you all want. So... If you're interested, we're going to be talking about um, some new discoveries with the pyramids. We're going to be talking about the official Disclosure Countdown website, and we've got a couple Vice articles that we're going to bring up there we as gonna, well. Are we going to talk about the city of Neom? Uh, yeah, sure. You want to? We can talk about whatever we want, man. Well, we got we got a minute here. We can. Oh no! Throw well, it we've down. mentioned we've mentioned Neom on this. Um, 
podcast before. Neom is the uh, the Saudi what is it Saudi yeah, Arabia Saudi Arabian, yeah the Saudi Arabian five hundred billion dollar megacity, and uh, they're going to be bringing in some of the world's biggest corporations to. Uh, basically, they realize that the oil business is not going to be around for much longer, so they're trying to diversify their wealth. Yeah, and this ties into the AI topic because it's supposed to be, it's, it's a smart city, basically. And so they'll probably have all kinds robots. of stuff. Robots, robots yeah. everywhere. Very, robots yeah, everywhere. Sophia and her children might, you know. Yeah, so uh, they, uh, they, the uh, Saudi Arabians, they uh, unveiled their plan for Neom. Um, actually a while back, but it was at the, what is it called? The World Investment Forum Summit? Something like that. But that's <laughs> Some also where... Forum. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, yeah, anyways. And that's where they unveiled Sophia as their robotic citizen. So they're just getting ready for all that. Yep. Oh, Vision 2030. That's the... Uh, that's what it's called. Yep. And Vision 2050, which is, uh, you know, interesting. But yeah, there you go. They got all sorts of visions over there. Yep. What's going on? Anyways, uh, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. This will be posted on both the Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk feeds. Um, let us know what you think. If you want this posted on the Canary Cry Radio feed or if we should just keep it separately. And if you have not, please go over to the Canary Cry News Talk feed and subscribe and rate us. Let us know what you, th- what you think. And then uh, make sure to tune in next time. But until you do. Think outside the cage.